Oh, oh. hang on, chestnut. hang on, wait. That, that oh. was the most Broadway response <laughs> to hearing an opening of song. That's two chords of the piano, and everyone just goes, Oh, you guys. Do it again. <laughs> We're all together. And it'll be just as genuine this time. Oh. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to No Days But Today, a retrospective of the 2005 movie adaption of the 1996 Tony Award winning musical, Rent. I'm Blake, and let me bring on my beautiful and lovely co-host, my wife, Mandy. How you doing, honey? Hello. Yes, we are here finally for episode number one, officially, of No Days But Today. I'm excited to get started on this. Me too. Um, we're going to start here with the opening credits, and this song we'll be talking about will be Seasons of Love, which Ooh. we will get into all that in a few minutes. First things first, I went through the credits. I wanted to get some research on the credits because there's a lot of studios involved in this movie, which I did not know. Okay. I was kind of sitting watching the frame-by-frame -frame credits, and like, there's a lot of studios involved. First of all, this was released under the Columbia Pictures, which is obvious when you heard the thing. Underneath that, you have... Um, Revolution Studios, which are also associated with Sony Pictures. <laughs> um, the movies that also came out that year from Revolution were um, Man of the House, Triple X State of the Union, <laughs> um, The Frog, and the prize winner of DeFrant, Ohio. I never heard any of those at Triple X. Mm, yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> um, also associated with this was 1492 Pictures. Which um kind of have a little bit of tie-in with this because they involved with the Harry Potter movies. Okay. <laughs> and also the Fantastic Four. So that's kind of big. This was, And also, it came through Tribeca Production. This is the only film of the year. Okay. Tribeca Production. Okay. And the reason all that was important is because Chris Columbus movie. This is a Chris Columbus film. Chris Columbus actually has one hell of a history with directing before Rent. It started in 1987 with Adventures of Babysitting. 1990, Home Alone. Hmm. Home Alone 2 and 92. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the movie I know you love. And then Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. There was a funny joke on the commentary track from Chris Columbus that um, his wife told him that the Catholic Church will, always, will now completely hate him because at first he did those sorcery movies and now he did this one. <laughs> 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 That's pretty funny. Um... He also, he was involved in writing this one. He also, he wrote, he wrote, he had writing credits on Gremlins and the Goonies, which I did not know. Oh, Until wow. I did the research for this. I did not know that. Those were some big ones. And also, he produced the Harry Potter movies, um, Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets. He didn't direct Pri um, Prisoner of... Azkaban? Azkaban. But he did produce it. <laughs> he also produced Fantastic Four. <laughs> and he also produced Jungle All the Way. Okay. A bunch of movies. This is an eclectic group of people. I, a couple of movies when I was in, I'm like, wow. I did my research, and I'm like, this is a lot of crazy shit. I like it. Hmm. Um, the next thing that popped up on the credits was Jonathan Larson. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned him in the preview episode we did. Of course, he is the Pulitzer Prize winning for this show, for drama. Three Tony Awards for this. Three Drama Desk Awards for this. 
But unfortunately, we lost him in 1996. Yes. It's sad, but... It's funny because I know on the um, on the documentary that comes on this depth, they talk about the death of Jonathan Larson and his life. The critics always say, "Do you think Rent would have had the high profile opening if it wasn't for his passing in the previous?" I think so. I think that the story uh, definitely would stand the test of time. I could agree with you. It's been it's funny because they're still doing a whole bunch of stuff with this show. I mean, we talked about Rent Live coming in 2019. By the way, mm-hmm. have you heard that the answer to Rent Live for NBC is going to be hair? <laughs> wow. So in 2019, we have Rent Live and Hair Live within like three months of each other. Yes, that is the world we live in now. <laughs> okay. So then we get to the, of course, the next screen of the credits was Rent, our production, and we hit the song. It is Seasons of Love. Um, I want and Throughout this, I do want to show the um, changes from the Broadway show to the movie. And in the Broadway production... This is actually the intermission, right after the intermission. And in the, in the commentary track, Chris Columbus said that the reason he moved it here was because they wanted to make sure everyone knew the, so- the sense of the movie we're getting into. This is the song everybody knows. So how do you feel about the change when we get to the beginning of the movie instead of halfway through like they did in the Broadway show? Um, I think a, a lot of movies open with their big hit. You know, it's uh, the moneymaker. It's what... People are expecting. Um, I think that Rent brought a lot of people who hadn't seen the show and who were expecting the song. Um, and I agree, it's it's a good opening. It kind of gets you acclimated to what to expect. It's like, like the world you're coming into, and then and I was watching, and then like the set that they're on is that the same stage that we see in Tango Marine later on. I believe so. I believe so, too. It's just time to remember. I didn't fast forward through the whole movie yet to get through that, that part. But I think it's pretty cool. That they, they start on this stage, and it's just our eight cast members, and we'll get to all them in a minute. Um, what's the song? I know I brought up on our pilot that I had a... That was my actual introduction into Rent, was seeing Seasons of Love at the Macy's Fourth of July Fireworks Spectacular. <laughs> that was my introduction. With this song, when was the first time you heard this song? Maybe when um, you made me a copy of the soundtrack to listen to. That makes sense. The Broadway, they, we, we brought the movie one together, so happy yes. the Broadway one. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely interesting, and I like the fact that this actually does bring the movie in. Start and the cool is it's about ten seconds longer, the version in here than on the Broadway show. I actually checked the time on it. It's ten seconds longer because they have a longer introduction to get through the credits. Oh, okay, that <laughs> makes music, sense. Yeah, they have all the credits to play out, so they had a ten-second intro longer. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, also, on the Broadway show, we have the whole cast from the entire production come out. That's the big difference. Yes. There's so many more people on the stage. It is a crazy thing to watch. Um, I'm going to be referencing the Broadway production once in a while. I have the DVD of the final performance. So I'll be referencing that here and that throughout the run of the show. Mm-hmm. Also, we have the Renton Bible, which I had picked up a long time ago, which actually has like the lines from the songs. We can go back and forth and go back and forth on that through our songs after this song. Okay. Especially Rent, because there's a lot of extra stuff in the Bible that's not in the movie. So oh. The actual song Rent, which I think is pretty cool. 525,600 minutes. 525,000 moments, oh dear. 525,600 minutes. How do you measure, measure a year? In daylights, in sunsets. 
In midnights, in cups of coffee, in inches, in miles, in laughter, in strife. In 100 versions and covers and you brought up one from the office yes and we'll get to that it's on my list i have actually an order of when they actually aired on tv and there's a lot of them i did not even know happened i thought that was pretty cool in the research first of all the first one that i knew about which is on the um original broadway soundtrack was stevie wonder performing it with them oh wow which is a hidden track that i completely forgot about <laughs> I didn't know about that. Yeah, I don't think I ever put on a DVD for you. I'm not really a big fan of it, but it happened. And I think it's pretty cool that it's there. That is cool. Um, they performed this at the um, 1996 Democratic National Convention, <laughs> of all places. Okay. Uh, it was performed for Joan London's final show, Good Morning America, mm. by the cast. That makes sense. Um, there is a Best of Broadway from Broadway Kids version of this song that came out in 2001. <laughs> all right. And if anything, you know what? If all songs from this musical, this might be the only one I understand having kids sing. <laughs> Truth, definitely <laughs> truthful. That's always the joke when they make those kids albums. They always talk about the raunchy song that they make in the kids' version of those kids' pop albums. Yes. <laughs> um, apparently, there's a version of this song that was performed on Philippine Idol before oh. American Idol did it. Okay. I did that. I mean, this is research that I looked up. I remember the Idol Gives Back yes, version definitely. from American Idol season seven. Wow. I, <laughs> I thought that was a really cool rendition. I actually will play some of that here. I really, really like that rendition. What, what season of American Idol just ended? Uh, thir- 13? 14? 13? Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> well, season 8 was Danny Goki. Yeah. So that, that was the best season. We've always talked about it. That was one of the best seasons. Mm-hmm. Season 8. 525,600 minutes. 525,000 journeys to play. And then, of course, was The Office. Yes. And um, 
I, <laughs> what was the name of the song? I have it right now, Dave, if you don't remember. It's Michael's Last Dundee. It cracked me up, but I remember the title. And the, the reason behind that. Explain this, and I'll okay. play it here for people. That, yeah. <laughs> I think finally okay. on YouTube, I'll play it. So, if you've never seen The Office, uh, Michael Scott is the manager of Dunder Mifflin, and every year. Um, kind of cl- to close up the year, he does an award show called the Dundies. And when he left the show, they had one last. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> they had one last one. And um, p- before he could present the last award, his employees presented him with the song. Okay, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I will play that here. Oh, and and um, a piece of trivia about that is Go for it. Um, Steve Carell did not know that they were going to sing that. Oh, wow. So the emotion in is the real? episode is real. That's pretty cool. That's, I like that kind of stuff, actually. I like that kind of stuff. I mean, we actually really all want to thank you for everything. Oh, my God. Something's happening. Nine million nine hundred eighty-six thousand minutes. We actually sat down and did the math. Nine million nine hundred eighty-six thousand minutes. That's how many minutes that you've worked here. In costumes and impressions. In meetings. In cups of coffee. For birthdays. More meetings and email forwards you made us read. 9,986,000 minutes That's like watching Die Hard 80,000 times You hit me with your car You help me get off drugs I watch you when you sleep I forgive you for kissing me Remember to Okay. Well, this is going to hurt like a mother... Um, I have to find this just because I want to know what this was. Apparently, in 2011, when Regis left the, um, Regis and Kelly, <laughs> they did a rewritten version of Season of Love dedicated to him. Why not? I've never heard this before, and I have to look this up just for the hell of it. Yeah, why, why not? <sighs>
And, of course, one of the sadder versions I ever remember was from Glee, the quarterback. Yes. And for people who don't know what that was about, why don't you tell them what the quarterback episode was? Um, the quarterback was a, a tribute episode to Glee um, of their quarterback, uh, who was Finn Hudson. And it was also a tribute to Corey Monteith, who died because of a drug overdose. Yeah, between seasons. And it was a sad... It was a hard... That episode was so hard to watch. Yeah. Especially because I don't think they ever put it in reruns. It's on, it's on Netflix now, but I don't think they ever put the rerun on. Because it was such a hard episode to watch for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely was. Um, in truth that she learned, or in That is the. I will play a couple of those throughout the. We'll play a couple of those throughout there because there was some fun ones in there. I never heard the Regis one. I have to find that just because it was so random. Also, I have to. I I still, I actually was corrected myself looking up research for this. I always thought, you know, in Scrubs musical, they have the um. They have the song at the end um, when she's going into surgery. And they sing, they have that low-key song. I always thought it was from this song. It's actually from Life Support. Oh, So I'll, okay. we'll, we'll get to that when we get to Life Support. But I always thought that was from that. And I, it was corrected when I looked up the research. Um, we move on to the next thing here. We have the cast list. And I will have the order of... The order I have down here is the order the names show up on the screen. Okay. So I think it's pretty cool. The order I thought was pretty interesting. We started with Rosario Dawson. Okay. The beautiful, lovely Rosario Dawson. And um, a couple of movies before Rent. Um, Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> 2001. The movie that I first saw her in, Men in Block 2. Okay. Um, of course, there was Adventures of Pluto, um, Pluto Nash for all the geeky people out there that I forgot she was in that movie, but she's in that. And um, Alexander, which Jay Muse was obsessed with when she was on the cast of... Um, on, on the set of Clerks 2 because she had a sex scene in that movie and he was obsessed with showing it to her every single time he had a chance. Okay. <laughs> um, and in the post-rent credits of her, her Clerks 2, which will be on Clerks Minute this season, and currently she is on, um, she's a part of the big Netflix Marvel Universe in Daredevil's, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and the Defenders as the ner- Night Nurse. Mm-hmm. She's in every series. And you know her. From one of your favorite shows. Yeah, she's Jr. and Jane the Virgin. Yes. So, and you, and I didn't know that. I came up here and she's on the screen and she's playing a lesbian on the show. I was like, what a surprise! <laughs> it was a nice surprise to see. I'm not gonna lie. What do you thought of Rosario Dawson as an actress, as a person, as? 
Um, Coming I this world. think she's a great actress. I think she's a fantastic person. I think she's incredibly beautiful. And um, I definitely think this was a great role for her. I did not know she could sing. I don't think I didn't know she could sing. And that was amazing to hear Hello, her. Hello, Josie and the Pussycats. True. But I don't think a lot of people remember that. I, I don't think I've only seen that once. I think I was in the movie one time. But she could sing. And I will talk about that later in the movie, how great she is at singing. Um, I love her. I'm so happy that I got to review two movies with her in one year. <laughs> so excited <laughs> about that. Uh, we'll go to the next name that popped up, and that was Tay Diggs. You know, you were saying the order, it's alphabetical by last name. Yeah, really? You're right. You're absolutely right. I didn't, even, I didn't even catch that. Very good catch, honey. I've stared at the poster. Enough times enough to figure times. it out. To figure it out. Very nicely done. We have, For those who don't know, we have two rent movie posters on our wall. Right above our um, setup here. Right yeah. next to our hairspray poster. So <laughs> so we, we are very obsessed with this movie, especially when it was out. So it's a very big deal. So Tay Diggs, uh, he is one of the originals from the Broadway show. He was in the show for just over a year. This is where he met Indita Menzel. His ex Ex-wife, but at the time they were... Were they married at the time when the movie came out? I believe so. They still were? Um, And then, of course, he was also in um, How Stella Got Her Groove Back. Um, He was in Go. He had 10 episodes out of McBeal and Chicago. Okay. He was in Chicago. Um, Tay Diggs. Your thoughts on Tay Diggs? I wasn't sure. I I know him from this. The only kind of thing I really know him from is this and the Broadway show. I was literally a big fan of Tay Diggs. I didn't know much about him. Um, I think he's in- incredibly talented. Um, it- it's just, I don't think anyone else could have played this role. I, um, there is actually some fun video somewhere. I don't know if it's still on YouTube. It used to be on YouTube of Tay Diggs and Dina Mandel in Wicked together. Oh. It happened. That did happen once. So, um, next name up, we have um, Wilson Germain. I always pronounce his last Heredia. name. Heredia. Heredia. He, of course, is from the original cast in Rent. He was in Flawless in 1999. But, of course, everyone knows him from this. This is one of the most well-known character roles he's ever done. How do you think he does in this movie? I love Angel. Angel's amazing. We'll talk more about it as we go along. And, and again, this is another one that couldn't have been played by anyone else. No, it's impossible. I want to know how they're going to do it in the Rent Live because mm-hmm. it's such a hard role to do right. <laughs> it really is a difficult role to do. Next, we have one of the, another one of the most well-known names on here was Jesse L. Martin. Yay! Um, of course, this uh, funny part is when you do the research, he didn't have a career before Red. <laughs> he really didn't have a career before the Broadway show. Oh, I was going to say not before the Broadway harder. show. Before the Broadway show, it was his first big breakout thing, mm-hmm. and then right after that, he did Law and Order, and everyone knows him there. <laughs> yep. By the way, I have the exact number: 198 episodes of Law and Order. Dang. He was on the show from 99 to 2008. Wow. That's an insane run. Um, during that, he did do a Christmas Carol teen musical, which is my, one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's one of our families, yes. actually. Yes, CJ loved it, too. I, I was very happy he enjoyed that movie as much as he does. Mm-hmm. And speaking of CJ, me and him watch him on The Flash every Tuesday as um, Joe West, which yes. is amazing. He's a, and he's, he's a cop in that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Jesse Martin. Go ahead, honey. What do you think of Jesse Martin? Uh, he's, uh, again, so incredibly talented. Um, I mean, it's it just, yeah, he's he's awesome. I I remember him from Law & Order. Days. Law & Order, yeah. Law & Order is whatever. A lot of people know from Law & Order than anything well, else, really. I mean, to understand that that was yeah. a family show for my house, 
Patrick O'Dork is a family chef for us. Yeah. So let's so, go with that. <laughs> I mean, I knew him from that, so it was strange for me to see him in, in this world. In this world. And I knew him from this first, so yeah. for me it was different. You know, and I remember how excited I was when when he was going to be in a Christmas Carol. I was so excited because mm-hmm. I knew that show from the Madison Square Garden show. So I was really excited when that happened. Um, and now the name that when when this movie came out, she was nowhere near as famous as she is now. Indeed, Menzel. <laughs> you mean Adele Dazim? Yes, exactly. Um, look at look that joke up, people. They look it up. <laughs> she, of course, was an original cast member in this show back on Broadway. She won a Tony Award in Wicked, which play- is one of my absolute favorite musicals. Yeah, I ever. took you to see that on my, my last days in Jersey. It was a yes. big deal. I had to take you to see it too. You had to see that show. I, she made me, so, or well, her character made Alphaba. me sob. Alphaba. <laughs> yes, cried but, like a baby. Yeah, she won the Tony for that. Uh, other, other, um, another Broadway show that I actually enjoyed. She did with Anthony Rapp, but if then, which is a very good show, and mm-hmm. she had one of my favorite songs. That what the fuck? One of my favorite songs in that whole show. But I think I like the concept of that album. I like the whole concept of that show. And of course, I can't go without saying it because it's what everybody knows. It's Frozen. Oh, let it go already. <laughs> the, um, yeah, it's Frozen. It's Frozen 2 coming out next year, and that's what it is. It's just, everyone knows. Once you're in the Disney machine, you're there for life. So there you go. And I mean, completely, everyone's talking about Elsa being a lesbian. Well, she'd just bring out a little bit of Maureen and Elsa. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't even be that far-fetched for her. It wouldn't even be that much of a stretch. Adam Pascal. He's our next person. And you know what? This is one of the hardest people to find anything on. He really doesn't do much. But, of course, he did this on Broadway. He did Cabaret. <laughs> he is currently touring with Something Rotten. Okay. He's currently, right now, he's been in Something Rotten now since 2016. <laughs> he did the Broadway show. He did such a great job that he's been on the tour now for over a year as the Bard. He actually is William Shakespeare in Something Rotten. Awesome. I have to actually, I've never seen it, but I want to hear him sing those songs. I know how, how tough those songs are to sing. <laughs> I want to hear him do it. So, the little you know about Adam Pascal, you know him from this show, really, of anything else, I think he's really talented. Oh, he's. I think he's the rocker of this show. <laughs> oh, definitely. And anyone who knows me knows I have a soft spot in my heart for rockers. So Yeah, he's, the, he's definitely the standout here because he knows how to play guitar, which makes it more fun when you realize it in the movie. Yes. So, And there is a story uh, on the DVD set of him when he got auditioned, and they had to tell him to open his eyes because he was so used to playing in a band oh. where it didn't matter that he had to open his eyes so people could see the emotion in his eyes on the stage. He wasn't used to doing that. They had to tell him that on stage when he was doing one song, Glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is interesting. I never thought about that until I saw that that's a good point that I never thought about for someone from a band moving to a Broadway show. Yeah, definitely. Um, next up, the I guy wonder, who... I wonder if Constantine had that problem. It wouldn't surprise me because the Rock of Ages. Yeah. But the Rock of Ages is a little different because that was a rock concert on stage. That might have been a little different. But I know now, when he was in Jekyll and Hyde, that was more of a traditional Broadway show. So I could see him having the issue there. Or even uh, Drew Lachey. Yes. That's another good one. Because he did, he did Rent. He yeah. was actually... I saw him in Rent, which is really interesting. So... And he did a phenomenal job, by the way. I was actually very, very happy with him. With that role. And speaking of the role that Drew Lachey played, it was Mark Anthony Rapp. 
who was, of course, if you were listening to this as the first episode, go back a week for Tony Tony's weekend. We had Anthony Rapp, my old interview with him on last week's show for Tony's weekend. Um, that was done on purpose, people, just so you guys know that. Of course, he was the original cast member from this from um, this show, but that wasn't his acting debut, as we talked about in the interview. He was in Adventure Babysitting, which was mm-hmm. with Chris Columbus. He was in Sky High, which I completely forgot about until we watched it with CJ. I completely oh, wow. forgot he was yeah. in that movie. Um, he was in the Broadway production of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Yes. Which he did, as I explained in the interview, you might not remember this from the interview, he did for his mom. Aww. Because his mom had passed away when he was doing Rent, and her favorite characters were in Peanuts characters. So he was offered the role to do Charlie Brown. He just jumped at the chance so he could do the case with his mom. Aw, that's sweet. <laughs> um, Post-Rent, he um, was in If Then, was in Dina Menzel, as mm-hmm. mentioned. And also Star Trek Discovery. He is the star. One of the stars. It was the, he's the first openly gay man, the star in Star Trek, the Star Trek television show. Openly gay, because back then... They weren't talking about it. Yeah. Now it's a big deal. It was a very big deal when he got cast. And it surprised the shit out of me when it was announced. I'm like, really? Anthony Rapp in Star Trek? That was a big surprise. But again, immortalizing the geek culture, Anthony Rapp, honey. Uh, he's just he's extraordinarily talented, and I'm so glad that he was able to um, play this part. Well, I, I, but talking to him, he's such a nice guy. He's naturally yeah. just a... Really nice guy. He just, he seems like the kind of guy that you want to hang out with. Yeah, and what was cool about Anthony was, I didn't go through a publicist to talk to him. I literally contacted him on Twitter, and he said, let's work something out. And he contacted me to do the interview. That's so different than what I'm used to. <laughs> it's a different perspective. It's something I've never done before. So, that's, this is a really nice guy. So, reach out to him on Twitter. Also, pick up his book, his memoir. It's fantastic. So look it up on Amazon. I'll put the link up in our show notes and our notes here so you can pick up Anthony Rapp's memoir because it's a really, really good read. And the audiobook's also there as well. Finally, one of the newer people to the cast was Tracy Thomas. Yes. And um, I could not find a whole lot for her before this movie. <laughs> if really. I remember correctly, I think she was a relative unknown. And after this, she actually did um, Cold Case for five years. Oh, a CBS wow. show five years and she came back to play joanne on the final rent performance on broadway okay just because she wanted to do it and they let her do it well that's cool so the final week on broadway she played joanne and she's on the dvd for the final performance okay so and you're right i met her at the today show yes you did. got a picture with her she was i'm just gonna be honest here Indina Menzel would not take pictures of people. Tracy Tom's like, yeah, take pictures with me. I'm famous. Take pictures with me. She was so happy. She was so giddy happy to take pictures. So she's a real nice person. Um, based on what you know, Tracy Thompson, what do you think? I think she's extremely talented. And um, if I remember correctly, she was a super fan that auditioned and got the role. And so it was just a dream come true for her. And she gets the um, lead female vocal in Seasons of Love. Yes, which is a big surprise for people that went into this that you didn't know it was you didn't know who was going to get that spot, and when it came on, I know on the commentary track, Chris Chris Columbus just goes and says, "And there's Tracy, just just singing her heart out, <laughs> just singing her heart out right now." <laughs> yeah, Jesse and yeah, um, Jesse and Tracy got the leads in the Seasons of Love song. I thought that was pretty cool to get Jesse that moment because it gave us a chance to say, "Look, you know him; he can sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're proving it here; he can sing." <laughs> Um, on the stage, 
I actually wrote this down. The order they were standing in was Mark, Angel, Joanne, Roger, Collins, Marine, Benny, and Mimi. Mimi. Interesting, interesting order. When I looked at it, when I was like, okay. I know Mark always at the end mm-hmm. on the Broadway show. But the interesting, I thought the order was pretty cool. Because I'm like, that's definitely mixed and matching. Everybody yeah. a little bit. Definitely. Uh, I guess the Benny Meanie thing makes sense. Yes. But everything else is kind of nice mix and match. I don't have a problem with that. And finally, I was um, trying to look something up that on the commentary track for the sec, for when we get to the next episode, they were talking about Benny's plan of what they're trying to do. And they mentioned the insert that comes on the actual, um, in the, in the, the playbill for rent and they were like well how do we explain this insert in the show <laughs> so what i did was um i found the insert and i put it in the notes and i just sent it over to mandy so she could actually tell us the insert rent who's who that was in the broadway playbill for years and years and years and years and years explaining to everybody who everybody is so honey go right ahead all right um I can't read the top one. Benny is married to... Allison. Allison of the Westport Graves? Okay. Allison Grave, Westport, who we never see. Okay. Uh, Benny used to live with Mark and Roger. Mark used to date Maureen. Maureen is dating Joanne now. (laughs) Um, Benny used to date Mimi... Uh, Mimi is dating Roger. Well, we'll be dating yes, Roger. We'll yes, we'll be. Um, Mark and Roger are best friends and roommates, and they are friends with their ex-roommate Collins, who is dating Angel. <laughs> Boy, that tied everything together. I, I love the fact that they put that insert in every single playbill. Just really, like, here's the world you're coming into. Now let's go. <laughs> and I also personally love how they have both uh, pictures of Angel. Yes. <laughs> pretty funny i do appreciate that detail so and that's seasons of love everybody that's our first episode next week we're going to get right into things at december 24th 1989 <laughs> that's next week as we'll look at rent and you'll see that'll be next week's show i'm excited and we'll get to talk about um the changes in rent and the change in the placement of you'll see which changed yes drastically i really moved up a lot so, I guess, uh, to make a pun, you'll see next episode. <laughs> Very nicely done. Um, so, you can find the show everywhere you can find us on um, podcasts, everywhere. We're going to try to get us everywhere we can. It's just a little topic we just got started. We're a part of the Filling the Void Podcast Network, and we'll obviously, we'll be out every single Saturday. You can hear me on the Blake and South Show every Friday, and every other Friday on Clerks Minute for the Summer. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at No Days But Today. I was actually able to get that. And you can join the conversation and see videos mentioned in this episode. I'll make sure they're up on our Facebook pages and also in the Facebook group, the Life Cafe Rent Discussion Group, which we'll have. You can join and talk to us about the movie and talk about rent and your history with the show. And I found out we are the only rent podcast online right now. Cool. We're the only ones. So I think that's pretty cool and we're going to... I try to have some fun and educate everybody about the history of this show. And I think have fun talking about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for us. Same. Um, like I said, next week we're going to get started and finally get into the movie proper. And I can't wait. 
I cannot wait to, to do the next frame and have Mark's video camera on the screen. I've got to have a lot of fun. So, thank you all for listening to No Day. But today, I'm Blake. I'm Mandy. And um, have a good day, everybody. See you next week. Bye. No. <laughs>